You're listening to Metrics and Chill, where you'll learn how to improve key metrics that grow your business from companies that have done it before. In this episode, I got to chat with Peyton Wallback, head of marketing at Nectar, to learn how he improved their landing page conversion by 55% in just 30 days. You'll learn how he conducted customer interviews and used those insights to improve website copy and content, how he updated their booking flow to make it more helpful and relevant for customers, and how he's thinking about using the insights from his research to shape his go-to-market messaging and craft future website content. Peyton, thanks so much for coming on the show. Uh, I'm really excited to chat with you. Um, so yeah, thanks for, thanks for being willing to come on and talk about uh, improving homepage conversion rate today. Thanks, Jeremiah. I appreciate it. Happy to be here. Um, okay, so the, we'll start the way we always do, which is can you give the 30-second sort of elevator pitch for Nectar? What is it? How can people use it? Yeah, so Nectar is an employee recognition and rewards program. Um, and what we do is we, we help companies better their culture by enabling them um, you know, with our software to be able to do peer-to-peer recognition as much as manager-to-peer recognition and really just helping people have frequent and meaningful recognition at their companies. Um, And at the same time, in the same platform, we're able to help them uh, redeem rewards for points given to people through those shout outs. Um, So it kind of just helps companies to be able to have uh, a solution for that that's not kind of like the manual solution that most companies are used to of, you know, having some kind of an administrative assistant that has to go and do all that stuff manually in spreadsheets and um, you know, managers that are all responsible for, you know, their own teams of, you know, uh, giving shout outs and recognition. Instead, there's a, a one solution for the whole company um, that they can have that recognition live in one platform and track it and make sure that people are being recognized frequently and meaningfully uh, throughout the entire year. Yeah, it's awesome. We uh, we just had performance reviews at Databox. So I'm guessing like instead of sort of a more manual, intensive manager to peers, like, you know, once a year or twice a year touch point. Um, this is something that, like you said, like you just had a great meeting with a peer and you're like, man, they're really helpful. Like I should, you know, leave them a piece of feedback or like you can automate stuff like this to just make it happen asynchronously kind of at an ongoing basis. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, you see a lot of companies that just do the, you know, employee of the month program and you get one employee recognized per month for the whole year. That's, you know, just like 12 employees that get recognized. So this kind of allows people to get recognized frequently, both from their managers and from their their peers and and their own teams and also in different teams. Um, And it it makes it, yeah, frequent. It helps people keep the morale up. Um, And, you know, one of the biggest reasons that people leave companies is because of a lack of recognition. So this kind of helps solve that problem and kind of build that internal culture of recognition. Um, and it, you know, creates an environment where people want to stay long-term. That's awesome. Uh, okay, cool. So today we are going to be talking about, uh, how you move the needle on conversion rate. I think, I think we're talking about specifically about the homepage. Um, I guess to kick things off, why, like in some cases, this is like an obvious one, like, you know, so asking like why this, you know, why this metric, why now? Well, like, of course you, you know, companies always want to be improving conversion rate, but what what was kind of like the backstory going on? What made this as high of a priority as it was? What made you think you had more conversion to squeeze out of it? Um, what what were some of like the drivers that made this like a, a top priority for you? Yeah, yeah. So e- even more than the homepage, I think that our first priority was actually the the landing page um, because mm-hmm. we we knew that we had a lot of high intent traffic going to that that page. Um, so kind of a little bit of backstory is I, I joined Nectar back in January um, of 2022. 
Um, and when I came on, my my first initiative, you know, was okay. We have you know all this high intent traffic coming in. The, our, our CEO had been doing marketing just by himself before I came on, so I was the the first marketing hire. Um, and so when I came on, my my first order of business was you know we have all this high intent traffic coming to our landing pages. Um, the landing pages were kind of bare bone, and so I, I wanted to be able to optimize our current conversion rate to make sure that we're capturing all of the you know, the high intent traffic that we currently have coming in. Um, because, you know, before we kind of started to focus into other areas of creating demand and all that kind of stuff, we wanted to make sure, hey, let's let's first optimize what we have, make sure that we're getting the most out of it, and then we can kind of move on to, you know, other programs. So <clears throat> to, to kind of start that off, um, you know, I from the landing page that we currently had, you know, really it just showed, you know, a kind of a, a Figma created screenshot of like our platform. Uh, it had, I think, a customer quote, and then it had just kind of a tagline that explained, you know, that we're doing recognition and rewards, and then it had a calendar to be able to schedule. Um, and so, what I wanted to do as you know, the marketing person was, I wanted to come in, really understand our customer base, understand why they were looking for solutions like this. Of this high intent traffic that we had coming in, obviously these are people who are currently looking for solutions. So I wanted to know why. What were the driving factors that led them to look for a solution so that we could create a landing page experience that spoke to them specifically and made sure that you know we could immediately resonate with them above the fold and go deeper uh, as they scrolled down. So that's kind of the, the background of, of why um, that was where I, I chose to start right when I joined the company. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. It's like, you know, if if you, you know, have a sort of a leaky bottom of funnel or whatever you want to call it, it's not converting like it should. It's not resonating like yep. it should with high intent people. You know, it, you know, all the demand you're about to go out and create is going to be wasted somewhat on things you could be improving. Um where the the high intent traffic was this mostly coming from SEO? Was it from paid? Like how did you know I guess like how did you know it was high intent? Um, mm -hmm. if you, like you hadn't gotten to do any like demand creation yet. So was this just like bottom yeah. of funnel, like SEO, like keyword optimized, like content and things like that, or like paid search, w where was this coming from primarily? Yeah, it was kind of an aggregate of a lot of different channels. They all kind of went to this, this singular landing page that, that we had. Uh, so it was, you know, from, yeah, organic, uh, uh, blogs as well as paid search and uh, a huge majority also came you know from paid re review sites or organic review sites like G2 um, all of those kind of funneled into that one landing page so these were all you know our, our highest intent traffic that we had going there that was kind of where we wanted to put our best foot forward and make sure that we resonated with them we nailed the messaging and were able to convert at the highest percentage okay Awesome. So yeah. So what were, I mean, you gave, you, you started teasing kind of like a broad outline, like it sounded yeah. like maybe this involves some customer uh, interviews or research and things like that. So what, how did you actually take steps? Like kind of walk me through, like, what was the first step you did when you kind of like looked to, to move the, like this, this, it had this existing basic infrastructure. When you first came in, what was some of the steps that you took to try and move the needle here? Yeah. Yeah. So the first like two weeks that I worked at the company, really all I was doing that entire time was talking to customers. So the first thing I went in was, uh, or that I did is I went into our HubSpot and I had to kind of start organizing the data a little bit to where I could use it for my purposes. Uh, I ended up creating a full list of uh, specifically decision makers um, from the buying committees that we had sold to. Uh, and once I had a full list of all of our decision makers, 
And I was able to start creating some email campaigns uh, where I would reach out to them and ask them if I could schedule a call with them um, to kind of talk about, or in it, I, I kind of worded those emails in a way where it's like, hey, you know, I'm the new marketing guy, just starting out, uh, would, would love to talk to you and kind of, you know, uh, get the hang of things and see what our customers are about. So kind of playing the role of, you know, just new marketing guy and people are always more than happy to help. Yeah, help me understand. That way. Yeah, exactly. So I, I kind of created uh, a few different, um, I guess, outreach emails, uh, some offering like incentives of gift cards, others not, and just asking, you know, for some time. Um, some also having a link to a survey if they didn't want to meet um, in person over, over the video call. And so I kind of tested out a couple of those in smaller groups first to see which one would work the best um, and ended up going, you know, with a small gift card offer um, and then having a link to schedule a call with me or a link to just take a survey instead. Um, so after doing that, I was able to just book onto my calendar, you know, dozens and dozens of calls with, with customers over that two-week period. And uh, that's, that, that's kind of how I got started uh, just to, to begin was just getting onto my calendar as many customer calls as I could through kind of these email campaigns. How did you uh, refine the list? Like what were the, were these, were these contacts in, in the CRM that had already closed with you or were they ones that were a paying, like paying an especially high price point or like, I guess, I know you mentioned to me before we, you know, started recording, like we've, you know, you, you all are, uh, you serve enterprise, but you also serve SMBs. Like, you, like you serve a wider audience. So yeah. How did yeah. you, how did you choose who you wanted to talk to and who constituted like the, you know, the right. best customer you wanted to chat with? Yeah. I mean, to be honest, really, I, I just targeted everyone. I didn't really refine that list down too much, except that I only wanted to talk with people who were the ones that initially reached out to schedule a demo. Mm -hmm. So I made sure in that list to refine it by, you know, the, the person who submitted the form to request a demo, that's who I wanted to, to talk with in, in, in the interview, not just, you know, some random person in the buying committee, but specifically that person who initiated the outreach. Okay. Okay. Okay, cool. So, uh, so you, some of them were diverted. So you gave them the option. It sounds like some could book a call if they were willing to, yeah. uh, for the offer of a gift card. Some, if they didn't want to, would, would take a survey when you got on the phone with them, I guess, I guess, what did you ask on the survey, like asynchronously? And what did you ask that was different maybe, or deeper, like uh, on the, on the call? What, what, how did you formulate your questions to kind of get the insights? Like what, what were the insights you were looking for from them and yeah. how did you get those answers? Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't remember exactly what the questions were The the survey probably had, uh, I think there was somewhere around 10 or 12 questions on the survey. Um, and then we also offered, I think it was like a $5 gift card or something for completing the survey. Um, and then with the interview in person, I just, you know, said, Hey, can we meet for 20 minutes? And I'll just ask you, you know, a few questions. And the, the questions between the survey and the in-person interview were largely the same, uh, maybe worded a little bit differently. But ultimately, what I wanted to know was, you know, one, what was happening at your company that kind of pushed you to search out a solution like Nectar? You know, what was going on there? What were the, the pressures you were feeling, the pains, um, you know, the, the needs um, that kind of made you, you know, start to look for something like this? And then two, um, what made you choose Nectar 
over the other options that you had? You know, what were the differentiators between us and doing it in-house or, you know, different competitors that you were also looking at? Um, I wanted to kind of really know what was, what was it about Nectar that made you choose us? Um, and then I think the third thing was probably just uh, more of, uh, this is a question that I hadn't planned on asking, but my CEO mentioned it and I was like, oh, wow, that's a great idea, which was, Asking people, when you visit a software website, what is it that you want to see on that homepage? Oh, I and like that. it was really interesting to, to talk with people and see, you know, what their answers were about, you know, from a buyer perspective, someone who doesn't, you know, even work in software necessarily. When you go on to our, our website, what is it that, you know, you ideally want to see on that page to help you in your buying process? So. Got it. Okay. And then, um, so then the next phase, like, what did you do? how did you map these things? Like what you learned, how did these translate to, to changes? Like, well, first of all, I guess what you, I know we're talking about the landing page. Was there, was Mm -hmm. this sort of at an early enough stage at the company that you were just using a landing page to kind of test this stuff? Or was, was there an existing homepage that this was going to translate over to as well? Yeah. So we did have an existing homepage. Uh, again, it was very bare bones. Uh, We hadn't really done much to develop our, our website yet at that point. Um, so, yeah, the idea was kind of to test the conversion rates on this landing page where we're getting, you know, our best traffic. And then once we figure out what's what works and resonates, then we're going to translate it to our homepage, which we've ended up doing now. So Okay, perfect. So the idea is, like, you can play and iterate uh, without, like, harming kind of the integrity of the site. Like, the landing page yeah. was mm-hmm. a little bit more of, like, a sandbox environment that, that you could do this with. Right, um, yeah. Okay, cool. So, um, so you're asking, you know, what was so so then did you map like i know i know i've heard april dunford talk about doing these uh positioning like these customer interviews for positioning and mapping these questions like what's happening might map to like the purchase trigger you know that you're that you're going to lead with or why nectar informs your differentiation talking points is that kind of how you thought about this or like or were there how did you actually like map this to language that was going to go on the on the website yeah, no, I, I wish it was as scientific, you know, as, as April can be. Uh, but <laughs> to be honest, it, it wasn't quite that, that scientific. It was more just, you know, off of intuition and just kind of from the insights I got from there, just, you know, thinking, trying to think as a buyer would think and putting myself into their shoes. What would I want to see on this homepage, you know, both above the fold and below the fold? What kind of, you know, deeper context do I need to be able to schedule a demo? And how does that process ideally look? So Um, for example, like, you know, as I was asking them, you know, like what's going on at your company, you know, that made you start to look for something like this. Um, you know, I was going to use that to be able to determine, okay, what is, you know, our H1, you know, headline going to be on this page that immediately is going to grab their attention because this is something I've heard everyone is looking for. It's a, a, you know, a problem that everyone's experiencing. And so I wanted to have that main H1 be, you know, something that, will immediately resonate and grab their attention. Um, and then another example would be, um, you know, for like the differentiators was that if there's, you know, two or three differentiators of why we're winning against people, I want to make sure that I touch on those things above the fold to immediately grab their attention. Um, so that, you know, right off the bat, they associate those different things with us. So, you know, whether that's, oh, hey, you know, we really wanted a month to month option and you guys had that or, you know, uh, everyone else has this implementation fee and we do not like that. And so, you know, we want to make sure that we include those things above the fold so that they can easily see it and immediately associate those most important differentiators with Nectar. Um, 
And then I guess another example would be like, you know, when I was asking them, what is it that you want to see on a website when you first go on there? Mm. By far, the number one thing I heard was I want to see what the product actually looks like. And so what I took that to mean as I was talking with people was I don't want to see like, you know, your Figma design of what your product, you know, right. could potentially look like. I want to see like the actual product. Um, right. And so what, what we did was just took, you know, uh, a recorded screen share of myself sending a shout out in Nectar, made it into like a GIF and then attached that as, you know, the main image on that landing page is just me sending a shout out of, you know, in the actual platform, just a, a screen recording. It's not edited or anything. Um, so they can see, you know, this is exactly what the platform looks like at a quick glance. Uh, so, yeah, those are just a few examples of um, stuff that we, we did to, you know, make that initial above the fold view of the page um, fit more ideally into what our uh, into what our buyers want to see when they first go to, you know, our, our landing page or our, our website. That's awesome. Um, I love, you know, I've I've heard a lot of takes on how to actually map these insights to yeah. positioning or like a positioning statement or, or the website or whatever. I love this idea of kind of taking all of it. And it sounds like you kind of had this, um, uh, you know, practical assumption of like, well, if they're not that interested or we like, they might not scroll below the fold. So let's just hit the main points where I think maybe people are like a little sometimes overly scientific with it. Like <laughs> it's like, Oh, we're going to like, this is what the full above the fold is for. And then this section yeah. for this and this, like that's how my brain always works in this like compartmentalization. Uh -huh. So I like the idea of sort of saying like, let's use above the fold to like, let them know that if they're at this like tipping point, we're here for them. Uh, and if these are the things they love, we offer them, you know, and like this, and yep. like this one, and we're going to show how the product is used, like all right here, you know, and then, um, did you find that, uh, that the insights were able to be consolidated fairly neatly or like given the stage of the company, I know sometimes this can be something where you're kind of, maybe you get 20 different responses and maybe four were similar. And so you're going to have to lead with that. And you're going to circle back and do this research again a year from now, as you continue to refine yeah. the ICP. Yeah, you know, I, I wish it was more organized. Um, it's, you know, I, I still have all of, you know, the recorded inter interviews, all of the the survey responses and stuff. I haven't organized it very well, to be honest. Um, but as we approach this new year, and I'm going to start this process again, just just like you said, of, you know, uh, really just putting out two weeks in my calendar to just talk, talk with customers as much as possible. Um, and, you know, ideally, I would be doing that all the time. And, you know, I definitely try to. Sometimes it ends up being more just, just listening to recorded sales calls, but, sure. um, but, but yeah, there definitely, I think ideally would be a way to be able to consolidate and organize those responses to, you know, be able to track how it changes year over year, quarter over quarter, and kind of see where the market is shifting. Um, I know that, you know, for example, now with, you know, the macroeconomic changes that we're seeing with recession scares and with all the stuff going on, um, you know, some types of messaging may be shifting and what resonates with our audience. And so um, I think that it's it's definitely a good practice to organize it in a way that you can track and uh, see those changes over time. So yeah, that's something that I need to do better. Yeah, I mean, well, yeah, yeah me, me as well, all of us. Yeah. <laughs> We're also, it's also like when you're a small marketing team or a marketer of one, you're also doing, you know, a hundred, you know, different things. So yeah, it's, oh, yeah for sure. It's, uh, yeah, it's, it's never, never a done job. Um, 
so this is awesome. Okay, so you had the chats with the customers. You 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 know got these main insights, and then was there anywhere else that these insights translated to, or any other things that moved the needle on on improving conversion? Um, was there any other like things that you saw about like case studies or like the logos that you showed, or like the how you highlighted features and things like that? Like any other thing that you felt like really moved the needle here? Yeah, yeah. So some of the insights that we would take, you know, from, you know, what kind of things are happening at your company that led you to look for a solution like this? Uh, obviously, we would get a wide variety of answers. Um, and we kind of, you know, took the most common and most important one of those to, you know, turn that into like our main message above the fold. But then aside from that, you know, we would have four or five different things that we would see a lot of companies experiencing. And so kind of what we did you know, immediately after you scroll down is you kind of see a list of, you know, benefits that people see from using the product that specifically tie into the pains or problems that people were experiencing before the product. Um, so, you know, whether that's, you know, low employee morale, high turnover, um, siloed teams because of remote work, um, or, yeah, just kind of those those main problems that people are seeing in our calls, then we're able to show, you know, okay, these are the problems that you're experiencing. And we know that's true because we've talked with a lot of you. And then here's how Nectar solves those problems specifically mm. with our product. Um, and so even if, you know, they don't have all those problems, they probably at least have two or three of those. Um, so that was kind of another way that as they scroll down, you know, they see that it begins to resonate more and more with their experience uh, in coming and looking for this kind of a solution. And so that you had kind of like the main, the main trigger that led them to purchase, but then you would Mm -hmm. group these other ones like, oh, like, like for Databox, we hear a lot like, oh, it's easy to use, keep everything in one place, whatever. So then that would for us then be like our leading sort of features that you'd scroll down and see on the homepage that we'd we'd lead with, the, the language we'd lead with. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And as far as logos, yeah, we didn't really change up uh, the logos that we used, um, but uh, but yeah, then, you know, going down, just touching on the key features of our platform, how it works. One thing that we would also hear a lot is we want to see that it has this integration or this integration. Uh, that, that's always been a, a pretty important thing where if it doesn't integrate, you know, with Microsoft Teams or it doesn't integrate with this HRIS system, then people aren't even going to consider us. And that's also a good way for us to weed them out before they even, you know, book a demo with us. You know, if um, if they need it to integrate with, with this system and it's not on there, then they're obviously not going to buy from us. And it's just kind of wasting our time. So we wanted to have as well, you know, a section that shows, hey, these are the integrations that we have. You know, if, if an integration with Microsoft Teams is important to you, we've got it. If an integration with Bamboo HR or with ADP is important, we, we have that too. So those integrations end up being really important, especially for people who are in these high intent channels. A lot of them already have an idea of what they're looking for. Um, and they're looking for specific things that, that that product can do that matches up with what their needs are. So um, yeah, that kind of integration section ended up also being really important for us. What were some of the other things just out of curiosity that they uh, voiced wanting to see? I feel like this would be helpful. We have a lot of yeah. like marketers and SaaS marketers who listen. So like, um, yeah, like a, like a constant one you hear is pricing. I'm curious, like if pricing mm-hmm. was on there um, and what were some of the other things you heard? Yeah, yeah. Pricing is definitely one. And that, that's one that we're actually still currently testing. Um, for example, on our, our homepage, which is, is linked to on our landing page, we have all of our pricing there. 
Um, on the landing page, we've been testing with not having the pricing directly on the page, but instead just having the link to the pricing. Um, so, but yeah, that that is definitely one thing that you know we consistently heard that people want to see the pricing, um, and I think that's one that you're hearing just across you know all industries is that you know buyers are wanting to do more and more research on their own further down the funnel, and a huge part of that is the pricing. So. Uh, I think that when you don't have the pricing on there or have no available pricing anywhere, um, you definitely hear that from from customers. And um, it's it's something that I think just making that one change to your website can make a huge difference in people who actually schedule uh, demos with your, your sales team. Um, and I think also kind of along those same lines is that we would hear a lot of people say um, that a reason that they went with us over their competitors is that they they did not like the discovery calls. They they hated scheduling a demo and then expecting to receive a demo of the product on the call and instead it's someone who can't give them a demo and is just asking them questions, you know, about their situation. And then they had to schedule, you know, a follow-up call with someone who actually could show them a demo of the product. And so that was that was one that we heard quite frequently as well of you know, it really frustrates and kind of annoys buyers when they don't get um, what they asked for when they scheduled that first call. Um, so that's that's something that was been really important to us. Um, and we initially just did it with with HubSpot. You know, we had the, the HubSpot calendar embedded uh, that they could just schedule straight onto an AE's calendar. Um, we recently switched over to uh, Chili Piper, so okay. we just have people schedule and it round robins for us to the different different sales reps uh, that makes it kind of easier from uh from that end but yeah that's that's one thing that uh honestly any any company i go to after this we will always have people book directly onto an AE's calendar and get a demo of that first call because that's what people want to see um they have questions about you know technicalities and specifics of the buying process they don't want to have people ask them uh you know discovery questions so discovery is important and I think should be a part of that call, but there has to be time for a full product demo that is, you know, actually what the people wanted. So, yeah, I was, um, I was speaking with, uh, did an interview with MJ Peters and she was saying like a really clever idea she, she did was they use a different, uh, form ID, like a different Mm -hmm. booking form on each. I think they have like three use case pages that, are like the main, you know, drivers of the product that people will use at Colab. And, um, and depending on which, you know, form they fill out, that will map through the CRM so that she can make sure that the sales reps know, Hey, just FYI, they're especially interested in this use case. So make sure you lead with this use case on the call so they can be like even one level more helpful, not just, not just not making them like vet, but also saying like, we know you, you know, we know you booked here because you were especially interested in this. So let us show you how this functionality works, which I thought was like a really, a really clever idea. That's awesome. I, l- I love that. Yeah. It's, it's crazy to me, um, that people, you know, that companies will still like think this way because it seems like, uh, I haven't done a, you know, a ton of work, um, in, in, in B2B SaaS obviously, but I, it seems wild to me. Like I just think about the way reverse engineering, the way that I buy, and yeah, if you, especially if you're working on demand creation, it seems like what you're trying to do is generate a lot of the intent 
before they even come to the website. And then if you make your website into an information machine like you're aiming to do, which is just like, what do you need to know in order to make a purchase decision? And then how can we serve all of this information up? So all the info's here. You can browse and read it without pressure of sales. Then it seems like if you're going to book a call, you're pretty qualified. Like maybe, you know, maybe you can't quite vet like company size, I guess, and things like that. Although even then it seems like there's ways that you could do it in a form where like there'd be like variable logic of like if you're Mm -hmm. under a certain number of people, then maybe you go to an SDR, but everyone else goes to this to an AE or something. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if, if there's very specific things that disqualify, you know, buyers for you, then yeah, having those kinds of drop downs in the form of, you know, oh, they're out of the US or they're this company size, um, you know, you can very easily, you know, create the logic in your CRM to say, you know, if it's from this country or if it's over this company size amount, uh, they don't get, you know, thrown to a calendar. Instead, they get thrown into an automated email sequence. Maybe they get like, a brief live video demo that is embedded there that they can watch. And if they watch that and they're like, oh, this still applies to us, then they can schedule an actual demo onto a calendar. But yeah, there's there's really, really, really easy ways to be able to you know disqualify people just through the form nowadays that you don't have to have a discovery call. Um, you know, I'm sure that there's there's more complex softwares out there that I'm used to working with that you know maybe those discovery questions in person to disqualify or qualify are really are super important. But at the end of the day, people, when they schedule that, you know, get a demo call, what, what they want to get is a demo of the product, right. not just to chat with you about their, their situation. And so, you know, it at, at the very least seems kind of dishonest if your CTA is book a demo and then you book a demo and you don't actually get a demo of the product. So. Yeah, I mean, it just seems like with the way buyer behavior is changing and what people are expecting. Um, like for me, I'm I'm also surprised. Another thing I'm surprised we don't see more is if if it's not like a product led motion where they can just kind of go in and get a taste of the product. It's also surprising that there's not just like a five minute or ten minute expedited demo available asynchronously and then like yeah. mm-hmm. talk, you know, like hey, make sure this is like really what you want. Then then it's like uber high intent if they still are willing to get on the phone after that. And I'm just surprised we don't see more of that. And I'm not sure what the psych, I haven't, I haven't learned enough, I guess, of what the psychology is behind, like why there'd be an apprehension to do that, except maybe they feel like people would walk away feeling it couldn't do certain things that it actually could or not getting their questions answered. They'd miss an opportunity. Um, But yeah, it's just funny. You know, it just seems like the, the way buying behavior is trending marketers need to look at making it more open and more accessible and more instant. Uh, cause this is, you know, this is how people want to buy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And we've, we've done a few of those tests, you know, with kind of a live, you know, 15 minute demo that's just kind of like on demand recorded that people who don't want to schedule a demo with like an actual person can just watch this on demand brief version of it. So we've, we've tested that. We've also started testing recently, uh, having an, uh, a self-guided product tour that's just kind of like you know oh, cool a very high level you know hey click into this we, we just built it super easily with a company called nevatic so you can just click into it it kind of takes screenshots um of your platform and then they can actually click through the platform and it gives you know different pop-up tips of what different things are in the platform oh wow uh, see, see what it looks like to give a shout out and see what the re- rewards options are and so it kind of just lets people actually you know feel like they're in your platform and click around and see what it looks like and that kind of you know helps them answer a lot of questions and kind of builds up 
you know, that high intent, like you were saying, to be able to schedule a call with a salesperson. And now they feel like they're ready and they actually want to talk with sales because they've seen what the platform looks like and they know that it matches, you know, with what they're looking for. And so they want to talk with your sales team and talk about, you know, does it integrate with this and how do we set it up with, with this and uh, more uh, high intent questions that yeah. the sales team is perfectly trained to be able to help them with and kind of guide them through that that uh, last part of the process to be able to close. Yeah, this makes a ton of sense. I mean, it. Uh, I know we've explored some products like this, although I'm going to pass that one off to our to our growth marketer, um, <laughs> our growth marketing manager. But um, yeah. yeah, it's really cool. I mean, I know it, it is tricky, right? Because some of these products are like a little on the robust side and, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. it, it is it is hard to like give a quick overview. So I like the idea of like a quick snapshot that just gives the idea again, like to, to, to the research you found, lets them see what the product actually looks yeah. like, which probably mm-hmm. they're mostly looking of like, can it do the thing I came for it to do? And does it look right. like a relatively clean, easy to use user interface? You know, mm-hmm. is, is this something that's like relatively, uh, you know, relatively clean looking? Um, yeah. It reminds me, I was, I was looking at, uh, I saw some LinkedIn post and, uh, the product that they were talking about seemed interesting. It was the CEO. So I clicked onto his LinkedIn, clicked onto the company name, hit, you know, view website, uh, looked at the website and the messaging kind of resonated with me. I was like, wow, this seems really cool. Um, but as I was scrolling down and I saw like the integrations, I did not see that it integrated with HubSpot, which is critical for us because that's what we, we use. And so I kind of like looked through all the different pages of the website to see if there was any mention of HubSpot. There wasn't. Um, so I kind of just lost interest because I was like, oh, it must not integrate with HubSpot. Um, but, you know, it, there's a good possibility that it does. And they just didn't have it mentioned on there. Um, but I'm sure if they talked with most of their, uh, you know, ICP buyers, they would see that like, you know, probably like 30% of their buyers use HubSpot and definitely want to see that on the homepage. So, mm. um, you know, if, if I would have seen that on there, I probably would have just scheduled the demo and, you know, I already know, oh, it integrates with the key thing I need it to. I'm not wasting my time. So, yeah. 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 It, it, um, it's interesting to see how different companies tackle this stuff, but yeah, it feels like at the end of the day, if you just reverse engineer how you like to buy, Mm-hmm. most marketers would land at the same conclusion of like, the less I have to talk to someone except to get specific answers, right. you know, let's find out. I love this approach. We're like, just find out everything they want to know when they hit the website, provide that for them. And then if they're getting on the call, they're high intent. So don't make them, you know, if, if possible, avoid the SDR route. Um, were, before we get to some of the results that you saw, were there any other things that sort of led to the improvement in conversion rate that you saw? Were there any specific, uh, what start was that? Uh, yeah. Like, were there any other specific things that you feel like mm. led to the improvement in conversion? So obviously like, you know, talking to the, talking to your target customer, to your audience, uh, yeah. making some language changes, showing the content that they wanted, making the booking process seamless, mm-hmm. uh, letting them find the integrations and then leading with the three or four like features that they were under that kind of big heading feature. Was there anything else that you feel like? Um, contributed to some of the success that you all saw there? No, I think that that, that kind of summarizes the, the key points and leading up to that change in conversion rate. Okay, awesome. So, so these were uh, all done initially on the landing page. You tested these, saw the improvement, and then rolled them mm-hmm. out to the homepage. Is that right? Yes, uh-huh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. 
And what was the, um, so what was the overall, like some of the results that you saw, like the improvement in conversion, were there any other residual yeah. results, things like that? Yeah. So right off the bat, you know, just in the month that we launched it, we saw an, an increase in about 55, 60% in our conversion rate. Um, and because we rolled all these things out kind of at the same time, it's hard to say, you know, exactly like this is the thing that changed it or, you know, which things didn't have any impact. Um, so that, that might be one thing, you know, that, you know, in, in hindsight, we could have maybe rolled things out one by one and seen if there was like one thing that had more of an impact. But honestly, the way that we did it was just everything at once. We're just going to do all this stuff that yeah. we think is important, put it out there, see what happens. Um, so yeah, we had like a 55, 60% increase in conversion rate, uh, which immediately turned into, um, I guess it was like a, let's see here, 150% increase in pipeline generated uh, per month, um, which was obviously a huge unlock for us of having, you know, being able to, you know, spend the same amount of money in marketing and be able to increase our pipeline generated by like 150% um, for a young startup is really, really, you know, just a game changer. Um, and then kind of further down and more of a lagging result would be revenue, which we ended up kind of seeing a spike in about 78% of monthly revenue uh, that came along once our sales cycle had kind of gone through. So yeah, this is awesome. I think this is a great, uh, th this is always, this is really interesting to me, like I said, for one, because we're exploring this kind of thing at Databox for two. Yeah. Um, this is, this is where my mind goes. Like I, I think the same way you do. It's like, if I was to come into a company fresh, it's like, let's make sure that we're really resonating with the high intent people that are already coming to the website. Like right now yep. we have people coming to the website that are interested from some channel, whatever prior marketing work had been done, or, you know, maybe there's paid ads running, or maybe there's some, you know, groundwork of, of SEO and people are coming in, they're checking out the homepage. So yeah, like how can we resonate the most? Because it feels like such a waste to, it feels like a lot of companies do this later in the game and they're trying, they're like spending money on LinkedIn ads. They're doing all these like brand efforts or like demand creation efforts. And it just feels like you're wasting an ability to impact people. If you don't start here and then drive traffic, knowing that, you know, it's not that you can't squeeze another percent or two out of it in the future, but that at least like right. it's at a solid foundation. So I, I love yeah. to, you know, love hearing how, how you thought about this. Yeah, yeah, that's that's why it was priority number one for us because you know when you come into a new company, there's there's not a whole lot of point in you know kind of putting all of your focus into creating more demand for your product if you're not even capturing the demand that's there currently efficiently, and so you know in, instead of doing that route, we wanted to make sure hey let's capture this demand efficiently first, and then we know going forward that anything that we're creating down the road with different programs that we're testing, it's going to come eventually you know into our category looking for a solution, they'll see us, we've already created some kind of an affinity with them through our demand creation, you know, uh, programs. And we know that we're capturing demand more efficiently than anyone else in our category. And so we can be confident that anything that we create going forward is going to be captured effectively. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Um, I'm just curious before we wrap, like, it's is this then how are you thinking about? Uh, is there any way that you're thinking you don't have to be but is there any way that you're thinking yeah. about using these insights? Now, like, Pat, like, are you moving on to use case page optimization or pricing page optimization, or are you taking some of this 
customer research and translating it to demand creation movements? Like, are you crafting go-to-market talking points or, you know, like how you're different than competitors, you know, on LinkedIn? Like, how is this informing kind of like now that you've done this homepage, where's your mind going next with it? Yeah, I feel like it goes in a lot of different directions. Um, Some kind of, you know, to more specific things, like, like you mentioned, you know, we one thing that we heard a lot in calls is, hey, we want, you know, specific, you know, case studies, people in my industry who are using this product like me. Um, so one thing that we haven't done yet because of bandwidth, but that we want to do in 2023 is create a lot of case studies uh, targeted to, you know, our, our, our biggest industries within our customer base to be able to help people um, resonate even more, you know, with people, uh, you know, with, with ads or with, you know, landing pages that, relate to them and their industry. Um, but then on a broader spectrum also, you know, of kind of more in the go-to-market arena of what is our strategic narrative going forward? And all of these customer insights that we're getting really help craft and refine and hone in on the specific parts of our narrative that we want to push into the wider market. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, ultimately talking with the customers, you know, helps us know exactly what to do in as far as like tactics go, but then also in the, the broader arena of, you know, what is the overall narrative? And I think that that's probably, you know, what ends up being the most important insight is just helping you to know, you know, what is it that our best buyers, like, how is it that they think about the world? And how does people who aren't in market think about the world? How can we bridge that gap? And educate them so that they also think the way that our high intent buyers think. Um, so yeah, I mean that gets into you know more topics, but <laughs> yeah. no, this is awesome. Um, yeah, this has been super helpful, really relevant to anyone. I think you know yeah. looking to do a, a similar practice. Um, yeah, Peyton, thanks for coming on and sharing so many insights. Yeah, I appreciate the time, and it was it was fun to chat. Where can people uh, follow along with you, kind of learn from you moving forward? Where do you want them to go to check out the product and to f- kind of learn more from you? Yeah, I mean, as far as me, I'm semi-active on LinkedIn. Uh, you can follow me at, at Peyton Walbeck. Um, I will post frequently for a week and then infrequently for a few <laughs> weeks. <laughs> so like off and on. percent of marketers there. Yeah, exactly. Um, but you can find out about Nectar on our website, NectarHR.com. Uh, or you can also follow our company page on LinkedIn. We also post on there. Uh, we have a great team that uh, makes awesome content. So, Awesome. All right. Talk to you later. Thank you. Hey, thanks. Appreciate it, Jeremiah. Thanks so much for listening. If you found this episode valuable, check out our other episodes or subscribe to get new ones. If you want to support the show, we'd love for you to leave a review or share it with someone. And if you want a tool to help you track and improve your business performance, try Databox free at databox.com.